It's the Healthy Woman Show on WJR with Marie Osborne and Dr. Jonathan Zaden. Presented by Women's Excellence. Now here's your host, Marie Osborne. Welcome into another edition of the Healthy Woman Show here on WJR. I'm Marie Osborne alongside Dr. Jonathan Zayden of Women's Excellence. We've got a great show lined up this month covering a variety of topics for our listeners, Dr. Zayden. Yeah, we uh, we really have a lot going on. We're going to talk about the new IV therapy program at Women's Excellence, really designed to keep you functioning your best. And then we'll also catch up on Endometriosis Treatment Center of America and small changes that we made to help facilitate both diagnostics and treatment of endometriosis, which I think is very important that people understand and, the difference. And don't forget our popular Ask the Doc segment when we ask Dr. Zayden women's health questions from the listeners. And lastly, we'll wrap up the show with tips on managing your health care benefits for the rest of this year. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Healthy Woman Show. Dr. Zayden, most people don't usually consume the recommended daily dose of vitamins and minerals each day, which is why so many of us take supplements every morning. However, figuring out the right supplements to make it to take and what your body needs can be pretty tough and it's confusing. So Women's Excellence has launched a new IV therapy program to help combat the problem. Dr. Zayden, we want to hear more. Well, I mean, I think everybody understands IV therapy, but for those people who don't, it's intravenous therapy. So we put in a small catheter and we're able to give you fluids with anything that we really want to give you within those fluids. Um, at a specific rate. So we'll, we'll spend uh, maybe a half hour to an hour of time um, really hydrating you with fluid. And then we can add other things like vitamins or, or micronutrients or, or anything that will help you um, combat illness, immune system uh, issues, uh, even brain and body functioning. You know, IV therapy really keeps you hydrated, but it also balances out all those vitamins and minerals that you just talked about that we're missing every day. And we get it real time and you, you do it at a, at a reasonable rate, meaning that it's, it's relatively fast to do. And, and that will allow you to be replenished uh, throughout the time period that, that uh, it lasts. Overall, what are some of the benefits of IV therapy? I think the big thing is, is that when you're more replete, we call that replete, when you've got all that you need in your vitamins and minerals, you just have better energy, all your metabolic processes are better, and it improves your overall mood when you have better energy, improves your sleep when you have you know, better nutrition and, and better mineral and vitamin, uh, vitamin levels, and then also it can prevent future, you know, health conditions, you know, that are usually caused by stress or deficiencies and dehydration. So overall, I mean, it, it's really um, improving your own feeling and your own quality of life and also helping you prevent disease. And it's way more efficient than even taking daily supplements. However, it's a supplement in itself. And I think that's what people need to realize. Not everybody needs uh, IV therapy, but it's an adjunct to help you make your own self more efficient. 
And I, I was just curious, you know, how long does it take? Am I, am I in your office or where, where am I if I come in for this IV therapy? You should definitely be in and out of our office uh, in, I would say, less than an hour. In, in the most efficient case, 30 to 45 minutes. Each one of these different cocktails that we give might take a little bit of different time to infuse. Some of them you can infuse faster than others. But overall, it's a relatively quick, less than an hour uh, uh, mechanism. And can I, I understand that there are some therapies that I can do that will improve my skin, my hair, um, maybe even a little anti-aging in there wouldn't be bad or boosting my immune system. Can you talk a little bit about those? Well, I mean, I'm not going to go into great detail about everything that's involved, but what we call we have two main types that, that we're focusing on now, and that's one called the fountain of youth, where we actually help you with the metabolic processes that help your skin, help your hair and nails, and, and ultimately give you a little bit more energy as well. And then we also have one that's an immune system uh, boosting one, and we felt that that was very important so that we could increase the natural defense for our patients against things like COVID and all the other things that are going on. That doesn't mean that these are FDA approved to make you 100% uh, COVID free, but all of the things that make you metabolically uh, more replete will ultimately uh, give you a better defense mechanism against viruses and bacterial illnesses. How long does it take before you feel the benefits right away or does it take a little while? I would tell you just from all the patients that I've seen over time, you get an immediate uh, better feeling really within a few hours after leaving the, the center. And the reason of that is because you get, you know, a very big boost of uh, fluid hydration and some, you know, some of these vitamins that we provide, you know, are pretty quick acting. Um, then the rest of it, I would say over the next two to three days, um, you'll start uh, feeling uh, much, much better. Again, it's hard to really quantify that because everybody is going to feel these things differently. And the effects that people get after IV therapy are, are different for everyone. We just see an overall, you know, give or take right off the bat, they feel a little bit better. And then after the next day or so, they start to feel subtly better. And then over time, as you continue to do, you know, do this, uh, you will ultimately start to feel much, much better. And uh, Dr. Zayden, just really quickly wrapping up here, how do, uh, how do I know which IV treatments I may need? Just well, really, by I mean, that's, telling my symptoms? Yeah. It, you, what happens is we typically do this. We're a, we're a medical practice. So, you know, we're not somebody that's just uh, providing IV therapy in the mall. We've seen these types of things. I'm sure you've seen them too, Marie, where they're just like, you know, uh, a shop that opens up right off the road, um, and that's all they offer is IV therapy. We're a medical office, so we identify everything that's going on with you via a virtual visit. And sometimes we'll even actually get some blood work to determine what your deficiencies are. And then we tailor and customize the therapy a little bit more towards you. So we're giving you what you need based a little bit on knowledge um, of what you would most likely be deficient in, and that's based on your history and then laboratory analysis. 
It sounds so interesting, cutting edge, that's for sure. Uh, IV treatments available with Dr. Zayden at Women's Excellence. We'll have more when we come back. We're going to be talking about the Endometriosis Treatment Center of America. Stay with us here on WJR. Welcome back to the Healthy Woman Show. We always like to talk a little bit about endometriosis and the Endometriosis Treatment Center of America. We talk about this frequently on the show as helping women with this disease is so important to Dr. Zayden. So important, Dr. Zayden. You dedicated an entire office to treating this disease. So why don't we get an update about the progress with the uh, Endometriosis Treatment Center of America? Well, I think that, you know, we we chose to open this business um, at exactly the right time and the wrong time. It was the right time for women because we really are are getting better and better at treating the disease and we're we're improving the surgical skill to excise all the disease and we're creating better treatment algorithms to keep people disease free after we've treated them appropriately from a surgical perspective. But I have to tell you, COVID-19 interfered dramatically with the opening of Endometriosis Treatment Center of America. And the reason it did is it took so long to get credentialed with all of our insurance companies. Fortunately, I think we're almost past that entire hurdle two years later, and, and we're back to uh, moving in the right direction. And I think it's, it's very, very important because during the time period while we were getting credentialed, we learned a lot about not only how to treat uh, people, but also how to set the right expectations based on the fact that we are now a specialty uh, center for endometriosis in the Midwest. Can you give us a little recap for our listeners as to what exactly is endometriosis and what type of symptoms can it be causing for women? Endometriosis is when the endometrial lining or the lining inside the uterus that normally sheds as a menstrual cycle starts to grow inside the pelvis, around the pelvic organs, around the ovaries, and maybe many other locations. And so when that happens, what happens is each month, you have a very big inflammatory response that happens within the pelvis because this tissue grows, it stabilizes out, and then it sloughs off much much like a normal menstrual cycle. However, if it's inside your abdomen, it's not sloughing off the same way. It's actually stagnant inside the abdomen. And then your body creates a very large inflammatory response in order to combat it. And that's what causes a lot of the symptoms, which is bloating, pelvic pain, pain with intercourse. And and there's just so much confusion and uncertainty around the disease. Why is it that so many women, even women that we've interviewed on this show, don't receive the right diagnosis? Why does it take so long to get the right diagnosis? I believe that if there's one answer to that, it's that this is a disease process that's progressive. It has symptoms that are very similar to normal menstrual symptoms. They just are on a gradation of of severity, meaning that, you know, and some and some people have 
more painful period menstrual cycles and, and others don't. And, and people with endometriosis can also have some that are much, much worse and some that are, are a little bit worse. So because of that, it's not clear cut. The third thing is there's no actual diagnosis that can be done simply with just the blood test. That's coming, I think, down the road it may or may not help us determine which patients need additional um, investigation and treatment. We're not sure yet exactly how, how sensitive and specific these blood tests will be, but we do see some light at the end of the tunnel to have a test like that. And then the final thing is that the women that get the endometriosis uh, disease are young and oftentimes normal appearing women. And so many times the symptoms that they're experiencing are somewhat uh, disregarded by their providers and they're trying to treat them with uh, over-the-counter standard type medications which you know aren't effective in stopping the problem and ultimately they get worse and worse until they end up finding a, a diagnosis or a, a physician like ourselves to to go ahead and, and make a diagnosis so what's your overall mission uh, for the endometriosis treatment center? You know, that's simple. It's, it's, to, it's to diagnose and make sure that we have an accurate representation of a patient who has endometriosis, then provide them expert surgical and medical therapies, and then follow that up with treatment plans that will ultimately keep the disease from growing back. You know, endometriosis is a progressive disease. It's not something that you catch. It's not a virus that you can prevent. And we saw that we can't even necessarily prevent things that are ubiquitous in, in society, such as COVID-19. But endometriosis is a disease process that happens with your own body's natural function. So our mission is to identify the people who have it, treat them as expert in, an, in the most expert way we can surgically, to really completely excise all disease and then provide some sort of adjunct therapies so that they don't get it back the same way they got it in the first place. You know, they say an object in motion stays in motion until some equal and opposite force acts upon it. If you received and got endometriosis from your body in the first place, if we excise it completely and allow someone to go back to the exact same functioning that we that we're doing before, they'll get it back the exact same way they got it in the first place. And so our goal is to you know change that milieu even postoperatively. So our mission is is to identify, treat surgically, and make sure that we maintain the gains that we made so that people don't have recurrence. So so what is a typical journey for someone who has endometriosis look like? Um, or maybe a patient who's experiencing symptoms, but may not know that she has endometriosis, that she thinks this is just me. Well, we, we struggle with this as a specialist because when, you, you know, when you're a specialist for something, people expect that you're going to provide the most cutting edge therapy every time you treat them. The problem is, is that we're also starting to see, and we didn't realize how prevalent this would be, women who, just like your, your previous question, you know, go, have gone to multiple providers 
but really haven't gotten answers that they need, searching out their symptoms, finding that they have endometriosis, and then coming to us as a specialist. The problem with that, and, and it's really not a problem, it's more like an expectation and setting the right expectation for the patient is that when they arrive, we really don't know that they have endometriosis. So we have to make a diagnosis and we do that via laparoscopy. So when we're doing laparoscopy, we may or may not know exactly what stage the disease is until we're in there and then we will determine the best treatment plan. So that's become one side of our company, the, the actual expert diagnosis of this disease so that when people have these symptoms and they're just not sure what it is, they're going to somebody who they could trust to actually make the diagnosis. The second pathway is, is, is the side where we're the experts in treating it. So there's a certain subset of people, Marie, that come to our office, and this is you know very frequent, where they already know they have endometriosis. And in many cases, they have pictures of their endometriosis. They know exactly where it is. It may be in ectopic locations, such as up at the abdominal sidewall. Um, some people complain of, of symptoms near the diaphragm all of these different uh, locations on the bowel. And that's where we turn our expert hat on and do a complete excision surgically. And depending on how they come into the, into the um, company, we then provide them a therapeutic approach to, again, maintain the gains that we made surgically to get rid of their symptoms. So I think it's really a, a function of um, what you're asking is how do patients come to us some people come to us just with symptoms, and some people come to us when they know they have advanced stage disease, and they know that their own physicians may or may not be comfortable treating it. Uh, Dr. Zayden, very quickly before we go on to our next segment, uh, do I need a referral from a primary care doctor or the OBGYN to come see you? No, you don't. It's uh, Endometriosis Treatment Center of America is a free functioning office. You do not need a referral. Uh, to come to it. And, uh, you know, if you have symptoms, you just come to our office and, and we'll evaluate you. If your insurance requires the referral, you may require a referral to see us, but you don't need a referral from the doctor to see us in general, only if your insurance requires. Thank you, Dr. Zayden. When we come back, it's Ask the Doc right here on the Healthy Woman Show on WJR. Welcome back to the Healthy Woman Show. Once again, Jessica Reset, the patient outreach coordinator at Women's Excellence, is joining us with Ask the Doc. You've got a whole stack of questions for the doctor this week, Jessica. Yeah, lots of good questions and a variety, so I'll jump right in. First one, Dr. Zayden, are bioidentical hormones safe? How do I know if I'm a good candidate for this treatment? Boy, I think this is um, a great question because I think there's so many different ideas about hormones and so many different opinions. We did some studies early on on hormones um, that showed that hormones were very beneficial for women for not only their symptoms and side effects, but also heart disease. Um, we then found that they weren't as beneficial for heart disease as we thought. They weren't necessarily detrimental, but they weren't necessarily as, as beneficial. And then we've also done studies that uh, 
have shown that uh, bio that regular hormones, FDA approved hormones, um, can have some increased risks of breast cancer. But those risks have have been in multiple studies uh, shown differently, and the risks are relatively low. And we we know that, which is why so many people are still using hormones. The thing is, is that with bioidentical hormones, there are no um, truly uh, randomized, double-blinded studies uh, to determine exactly what the risks are. So with bioidentical hormones, what you have to kind of rely on is the knowledge that the hormone is used in almost biologically identically to the way that your body produces its own hormones. And then you have to kind of infer that there may not be much additional risk um, than what you would normally have yourself over time. And so I think people typically regard bioidentical hormones as safe, but not necessarily because they're natural, which is what I think a lot of people talk about, but more so because they are used in the body in a biologically identical way that your own body's produced hormones would be would be used. Interesting. Um, that information was good. And I know we get a lot of patients that ask about that um, and, you know, get referred to our menopause office. So I think that was good info. Well, I think that it's very important because so many women, especially especially this time of year, I mean, if you're experiencing hot flashes yeah. and, and things are changing in your body and you're getting vaginal dryness and insomnia and all those things, I mean, it's it's really a killer in the summer, summertime when it, when it's hot, you know, the heat is at its most. So, you know, I think it's a great question and I hope I've added a little bit to everybody, all the listeners. If, if we haven't added enough, you know, we have a specialty menopause center, you know that, Jessica, that, uh, you know, any of our listeners could do a virtual visit and discuss it in more detail. Yep. Next question. Am I better off seeing a midwife for my pregnancy or should I see a doctor? You know, I, I think that's a, a question that a little bit is based on personal preference. The one thing that midwives do is they are very uh, careful to um, use a, a more concierge type approach to your pregnancy. So you're more likely to have your birth plan enacted with a midwife than with a typical physician, just because physicians are not always there at the bedside from the time period that you arrive in the hospital until the time period you're discharged. So I think the midwife helps you to enact your uh, labor and your uh, pre-labor and also your prenatal care um, in the way that you would like it to go with the realm of safety and uh, also promoting, you know, a vaginal birth. And I think, you know, natural, uh, you know, birth is, is something that a lot of women really want to experience and go through and feel like that would be the best way to bring their family into the world. And I think that midwives do a really, really good job at, at allowing that to happen. All right, let me throw kind of a tough one at you. I can't ever orgasm, no matter how hard I try. Is this something I should bring up to my doctor? You know, I absolutely think you should, because there's a lot of things that uh, can really help you with that now. This is not uh, something that uh, is a taboo topic anymore, like it used to be. We used to not uh, talk about any of these types of things. And now patients come in and they want to know, 
and you know, a lot of this happens, um, you know, after childbirth, and it can happen um, as as people uh, move towards the menopause, and even as their relationship changes. So orgasm has a lot to do with um, psychological, uh, physical, hormonal. All of these things play a role in whether or not you have the ability to have an orgasm. And not everybody has had an orgasm in their lifetime. There's, you know, I think it's somewhere like in the range of, you know, 22% of women have never experienced an orgasm. And I think there's other studies that uh, show even more than that. But what I can tell you is that there are treatments today. We can do injectional treatments such as the O-shot, where we can increase the blood supply and sensitivity around the areas that are, are most responsible for sensation. And then there's a, a, a handful of medications that can help with these processes. And then also there's a, a great deal of counseling that can be uh, done and different uh, techniques to actually achieve an orgasm. So as much as, again, this is a you know an embarrassing topic, I don't find it embarrassing at all. I find it the opposite. I think that you know, this is what women are looking for today, and we should have a full uh, consortium of uh, treatment approaches to, to help them achieve what they want to achieve. And, and we're setting up a, a whole different uh, program in our office just to, to do that, that we've been using for a while, and we're constantly revamping that program with all the new medications and treatment options that are on the market. Right, let's jump into the next one. How effective are surgical treatments for urinary leakage? Well, this one's a little easier than the last one, Jessica, <laughs> but uh, for urinary leakage, that's just not something that people want, right? And I say this all the time, and I may have said this on the show before, but, you know, we congratulate uh, young, uh, young uh, children when they become potty trained, right? So, you know, it's just something that's ingrained in us that when we're able to control our bladder that we've kind of matured up and, and we've become a big boy or a big girl, right? So when we lose that function and we are no longer um, able to keep our own continence, that becomes very embarrassing, right? And very difficult um, uh, for people because, you know, it, it becomes messy and it, it limits their activities. And so, you know, the the thing is, is that we have so many treatments for urinary incontinence. I think that the number one thing that you need to do is, is, is just tell, tell us that you have this problem. Let us do an appropriate evaluation so we can meet the right procedures, treatments, medications um, for your disease process, and then uh, allow us to fix you so you can get back to a normal life. I mean, I think that's the most important thing with incontinence is let's get it under control so that you can get back to doing the things that you enjoy. Definitely. And since we talked about ETCA in the show, um, I wanted to include a question on endo. So this one is, why do you prefer robotic excision over standard laparoscopic excision of endometriosis? And I know we talk about these topics a lot, but I think this is a big question that a lot of people have. Oh, I think it's a big question because not everybody understands the difference between laparoscopy and robotics, Jessica. Right. And I completely understand it. And quite frankly, I'm happy to answer it. Um, the difference is we make small incisions and we place a little, basically, they look like straws that are called trocars. And we're able to put instruments through them. Both robotics and laparoscopy allow us to do that. 
The difference is once we get in the instruments in um, through those little straws through your abdominal wall is what we can do with them. In robotic uh, therapy, we use wristed type instrumentation. So we can move uh, in multiple different directions in order to accomplish a task. In laparoscopic, it's basically a two-dimensional way of treating. The difference in that is if you can imagine trying to tie your shoes with your wrists straight, imagine taking a piece of wood and putting it along the palm of your hand all the way up your forearm, forearm, taping it very tight, and then trying to tie your shoes. It'd be very difficult for you to do that because there's multiple movements that you need to do to tie your own shoelaces, right? But with robotic surgery, we have that board taken off and we can now use our wrists to tie our shoes. And really what that equates to is we're using wristed instruments now in multiple different planes using four-dimensional 4K vision in order to really sense, visualize, and completely excise endometriosis disease. And this disease is ectopic to the abdomen. It, uh, I said it in a segment earlier in that the disease is the endometrial tissue that's in the abdomen causing inflammation. And with the robotic approach, we can actually excise all of that disease and take it out so that we can uh, you know, restore the pelvis more to the way it should be without endometriosis. And then of course, our goal is to prevent it. So you know, the robotic therapy is just a is, is superior therapy. The problem is, is there's not as many robotic um, surgical slots because robots are very expensive and hospitals typically have, you know, somewhere between six and 20 or 30 operating rooms. And they may only have one or two robots in that whole area. So you can only imagine you really need to reserve robotic surgery more for women who need robotic surgery that we know have endometriosis and then diagnose uh, women who are not sure what they have with laparoscopy, where we can maybe treat many disease processes and not need robotic surgery. So, you know, right now it's an access problem for patients. We at Endometriosis Treatment Center of America are really trying to solve that access problem by getting more and more robotic time so that we can treat more and more patients robotically versus laparoscopy. And we're going to treat the patients that have the most aggressive symptoms and dedicated and defined disease for previous surgical intervention all robotically. That was fantastic. That was such a good description of both of the uh, type of procedures. And I think that'll be really helpful for the listeners. And I know we're about to wrap up, but I, I have one more question. I think it will be quick. And the question is, I started my period very early in life. I was eight years old. Does that mean I will start menopause early? You know, we're not, we're not sure of that. We don't have answers to that. Uh, one of the big answers to this question that I've heard other doctors say is that, well, you're born with a certain amount of uh, eggs in your ovary, and when you run out of them, you run out of them. And, and that's true, but it's not what we think. It's actually we're, we're, we're conceived, we probably have, when we finally develop, right before we're born, we have like 6 million eggs. And by the time we're born, we're already down to 3 million. But that's a lot of eggs. And if you think about it, if you ovulate one egg every month, um, you know, for even for 40 years, let's say, okay, that's 12 per month times 40, right? I mean, needless to say, that's nowhere near 3 million. So you have plenty of extra eggs. So we think that this is all 
based on a uh, combination of hormonal mechanisms, the uh, egg timer, so to speak. They're, the eggs may just decide to wear out at certain amount of time because they're all there when you're born. And as, as time goes on, they get older and older. We call that senescence. And, and I think that, you know, you can go through menopause at any time, whether or not you started early or not, because it's certainly not that you'll run out of eggs. So, you know, I would tell you that, you know, you, when you get the symptoms of menopause, you should get tested. And, uh, and you know, that may happen. The average age of menopause is what you should kind of gauge. And that is 50.8 or approximately 51 years old. Lots of great questions, Jessica. Awesome uh, span of topics there. Dr. Zayden, as always, you uh, hit him out of the park, every single one. Jessica, thanks. We'll see you again next time with the mailbag and all those topics once again. When we come back here on the Healthy Woman Show, we're going to talk about fall health care planning. It's not too early to think about what some of your choices are going to be. Stay with us here on the Healthy Woman Show. Welcome back to the Healthy Woman Show with Dr. Jonathan Zayden of Women's Excellence. It is not too early to think about healthcare planning for this fall. The end of the year is full of activities, family, school, work obligations. It keeps us all running constantly without time to really consider some very important things like whether we have used all of our health care and dental plan benefits covered by our insurance. So Dr. Zayden, let's talk a little bit about this. What can you tell us about deductibles? I think, you know, at one time, you know, we've been doing the show for multiple years. And I think at one time this was requested again, I think the next year, because people felt it was such a uh, informative session. The truth of the matter is, is, is deductibles are that portion of your insurance that you have to pay until your insurance actually kicks in and pays most of your, uh, you know, most of your bills uh, from, uh, you know, invoicing from doctors, laboratories, um, anesthesia, surgical centers, hospitals, all of these things um, start to get paid once your deductible is met. Now, there's a lot of nuances in this, and everybody's insurance is different, so I really don't want to overspeak it. But if you think to yourself, once you've met your deductible, your charges should be much, much less to you personally and more to your insurance company. Whereas before you met your deductible, for example, if you have a three thousand dollar deductible and you start to be, you know, uh, have and you start having symptoms that require you to have some testing, you may have to pay all of the three thousand dollars before you get anything done um, by your insurance company before they pay for anything. So if you need surgery, you may have to pay for all of that workup, and then once you get to your surgery, by the time you've paid all these all of these bills yourself. Once you get to $3,000, your insurance will cover most of it. So I, I would tell you that deductibles are that, that initial phase of money that you have to pay in order to uh, meet that, that obligation. And then your insurance company kicks in to pay the rest. Very, very important because by this time of the year, many of us will have met our deductibles or are getting close to it. And if you're contemplating any procedures or or you know, things that are going to require multiple consultations, those types of things, a lot of laboratory work, ultrasound or MRI or CT scan testing, 
all of that stuff goes directly to your deductible. So if you've already met your deductible, now's the time to get all that stuff done. You don't want to wait until next January and then have to you know, pay for all of that out of pocket. Um, should I start scheduling appointments now or is it too early? Definitely now because everybody catches on to this somewhere around October. And I believe that that's why um, this was put into this segment in the show so early in July. It's that everybody around October starts to think, hey, I got to get I got to get in and, and get this done. I always wanted to get my bladder uh, control issue taken care of. I wanted to get uh, I've been thinking about getting, you know, uh, diagnosed with endometriosis like, the you know, in this show or people that have pelvic organ prolapse or heavy menstrual bleeding problems, all of those things. They're, they all start thinking about it at the end of the year because they realize they've met their deductible. You really want to start thinking about that now. Do your consultation and your workups here over the next month or two. And that way you can get to, you know, making sure that you can get scheduled before the end of the year. Because remember, you know, we run into holidays at the end of the year and we run into um, staffing issues always with the holidays. And especially now with the staffing issues that all hospitals are having secondary to COVID-19. So it's very, very important that you start now. And very quickly here, as we close out our uh, last segment, what about the flexible savings account and the health uh, spending accounts? It's important to take a look at those and use those, right? Oh, yeah. We have people use our pelvic floor strengthening chair called Encella. We, you know, people are uh, already wanting to use these benefits for their IV therapy. And, you know, laser vaginal rejuvenation, things like the O-shot that we talked about in this show, um, bioidentical hormones. I mean, all of these things that are not necessarily covered with ins- by insurance, but are medically related can be um, attributed to your, uh, you know, HSA account. And the important thing about that is in many of these accounts, you either use it or lose it. So you definitely want to use it in, in some way that's beneficial to you. You know, we have multiple different uh, mechanisms of, of treatment approaches that are not necessarily insurance covered that people use it on. And you just would hate to see those dollars that are, are put in your accounts for you to, to spend and, and, and better your life and your health um, go to waste. So you definitely want to use it. Dr. Zayden, as always, a wealth of information. Thank you so much for everything, for all the information. Dr. Jonathan Zayden of Women's Excellence. We'll see you again next time here on The Healthy Woman Show on WJR. The Healthy Woman Show has been presented by Women's Excellence.